You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is another Astros podcast. You see quite a bit of fans in orange. Made the trip to Southern California, and they're standing, many of them, hoping to see their team do something it has never done. Well, the city has caught fire with this Astros team. And I think it started in 2015. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Astros lead 5-1. to one. Pitch on the way. Round ball right side into the shift to his left. Altuve has it in short right. Throws to first. And the Astros are 2017 World Series champions. For the first time ever, the Astros are baseball's best. Well, it took them 56 seasons, but they got it done in dramatic fashion. Game seven on the road at Dodger Stadium, and the Astros prevail. World Series champions. Who would have ever believed? A mob scene out behind the pitcher's mound as the Astros celebrating their world championship. Well, coming back here, AJ, I mean, the topic of conversation, obviously the World Series uh, matchup, you come back here. And we've talked a lot in the offseason, early in the season, but are there anything that creeps back in your mind once you come back to this stadium that maybe you forgot? Well, we won the World Series, um, so I hadn't forgotten that, but it does creep back into your mind of the last time you were in this office or the, the sitting in the, in, the, in the clubhouse, the, um, the smell of champagne and victory mm-hmm. um, still resonates here. And then, you know, you got to get on the field and, and play them. They're a new team. We're a new team. But um, the memories will last forever, and certainly the, the first step back in this building, um, you know, will always feel good. Hey, this time last year, you guys had a sizable lead in the division. Uh, how much different is that for you, thinking about going forward and, and trying to get yourself ready for a potential postseason berth? Uh, not a lot. I mean, I, I don't really wake up every morning and check the standings and know the difference between five or six or seven game lead. I mean, obviously, I'm aware of, of where we are in the standings. I know we have to play the schedule regardless. And if you learn anything in this league, as long as I've been around it, is it can flip in a heartbeat. So. Mm-hmm. Comfort and, and, and complacency is very dangerous. So I, um, I just don't put myself in that mindset that, that you wake up and like, do I feel better today that we have a one more extra game lead on mm-hmm. the, the A's or the Mariners? Yes. Um, does it help me win the next 40 to 50 games? No. So I, um, I really try to keep it in perspective. Hey, on the flip side, real quick, do you think it makes the guys uh, pay more attention to detail, knowing that they got to play hard every game and, and prepare and win these games and win no, the series? No, I don't. I, I think everybody talks like that. Like last season, we had like a layup drill, and we didn't. We had to play every game. We played hard. We played consistent. We had to play with with the same passion that we've always had to play. Um, yes, we had a little bit of a, of a longer leash when it came to if we lost a game or two, but I don't think you can get, you can let players have a mindset that it's easy when you have a 10-game lead and you better really tighten it up when you have a five-game lead. That's that's garbage. All right, Carlos Correa gets a, to play in the double-A game yesterday. Aside from the results, what are you hearing about how he came out of it and how he felt? He felt great, which is the which is the main key, and, mm-hmm. and, and he'll have a day off today. He'll get back in there tomorrow, play back-to-back games on Saturday and Sunday. So um, working his way back is nice just to have him in a box score and, and on the field and and, and doing baseball things. He made some good plays on defense. Or Omar Lopez, our manager, told me. So I, 
Um, seven innings of, of full baseball is a, is a good sign. It's not surprising he's playing good defense, is no, it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, the guys will give him a hard time that he punched a couple times, hit into a double play, made four <laughs> outs and three at-bats, but we'll save that for another day. All right, George Springer back at the top of the lineup for you. Uh, he missed the last game and a half. Uh, how's he feeling, and what, what are you hearing? I think good. I mean, he was available the last day in Seattle. He felt great, so I, I chose not to use him. We had um, a good win that, that we didn't have to use him. National League style game is a little bit different uh, for the bench guys, but I, uh, it's always nice to write his name at the top of the order. He, he's a he's a spark plug. He got a couple of days off. He should be pretty fresh. Other manager Dave Roberts, you and he are good friends. Everybody talked about that a lot. You guys get a chance to banner back and forth before this. Or are you going to get together during the series? We, you know, we got together at the All Star game. Um, I'm still waiting for the delivery of the nice red wine that he owes me from us winning the All Star <laughs> really? game. Nice. Um, I may double down and and see if. Um, we can put something on this series as well. But cool. great to compete against friends, one of my favorite people in the game. Um, if we keep winning, we won the World Series with them. We won the All-Star game against them. We win this series against them. Uh, life is good. <laughs> All right, AJ, good luck. You got it, thanks. Back with more Astro Launch right after this. So it's the bottom of the seventh inning at Safeco. The Astros lead 8-3. to three. Robert Ford just ate a cricket as Dallas Keuchel takes the mound. It'll be Guillermo Heredia to lead things off for the Mariners here in the seventh. As Keuchel delivers... Good fastball on the inside corner. Apparently they're grasshoppers, and you had one as well. <laughs> How, do you like it? It's okay. I mean, I, I don't know that I care to have another. My, my issue was not so much with the actual the grasshoppers, more with whatever they seasoned it with, kind of spicy, a little pungent. Pungent, yeah, that's a good one. I detected some vinegar in there, I believe, and some ranch flavoring and something, like you said, maybe cayenne. Or something like that. But the texture was like chewing sunflower shells, I thought. Yeah. With maybe a little meat in there. Here's the one, too. Like tongue. Here's a ground ball over to the third baseman, Davis. He's got it. Sidearms to Guriel at first, and they get Heredia for the first out. Andrew Romine, the batter. So would you buy some of that? No. Matt Bolts, our producer-engineer, has some family in town in Seattle, and they're here at the game, and they brought up the, the grasshoppers for us to mm. try. They already had had some. And yeah. they give you a lot. I mean, how many do you think are in that little that little plastic container? hundred. Maybe not that many. No, there's a hundred. A hundred? Yeah. There's a ground ball down the third baseline. Glove by Davis at third. Long throw across. Got him! J.D. Davis with a brilliant play at third base. And a strong throwing arm to get Romine for the second out. We've seen Davis play some great third base today. That's his best play yet. Bregman-esque, if you will. Quick as a grasshopper he was. <laughs> Robert Ford joined now by longtime broadcaster for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Rick Monday works on, on Dodgers radio and you know, seeing this Dodgers team for the first time since the World Series and obviously a few things have changed since then. Mm -hmm. Dodgers got off to a bit of a slow start. 16 and 26 and yeah. and uh, in mid-May. What 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 led to that slow start and what's changed? I'm, I'm not sure, Robert, exactly what led to it, but if you look at this ball club, I, I think uh, going into spring training there were some question marks uh, about the ball club, who is going to be able to come back. Justin Turner was uh, injured in spring training, was hit by a pitch and a non-displaced fracture of his forearm. But he was out for a long period of time, then came back, and then he was injured, went back on the disabled list again. He's only been off the DL uh, three days. Mm -hmm. So when he comes on, he's still fresh and raw. We don't know how he's going to react from one day to the next. Corey Seager went down. He had the Tommy John surgery. 
they tried to battle through it. Uh, they knew that there was something not quite right with the elbow yesterday or last year. They didn't let everybody know. But it finally just got to the point that he had to have the surgery. So it's been kind of a fill-in and gap. The Dodgers, without question, and your ball club is a lot of interchangeable pieces as well where you can put different people in different defensive positions. The Dodgers really had to thrive upon that last year, and they've really had to do it maybe even more this year. Chris Taylor stepped up at shortstop, and then occasionally he would be in the outfield. They moved Bellinger from first base to center field and back again because they acquired Max Muncie who hadn't really done a whole lot with the Oakland A's. But all of a sudden, you know, he's in the home run derby this year. He's hit upon hard times the last three weeks, and he's maybe going to that panic mode right now. But if we're looking at the Dodgers, if you look back to the 31st of May, the Dodgers were 10 games below 500. They were eight and a half games behind the division leading, then the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was the next day that all of a sudden this Dodger ball club began to come together they began to get better pitching they've had uh, some guys that have been healthy but the offense has really come through last night was kind of the strange night so you, know, you look up and say oh the Dodgers won by 21 to 5 you know the oddity of that it was actually a come from behind victory because the <laughs> Brewers had taken the lead Milwaukee left here I think they probably arrived in Milwaukee about six o'clock this morning they play tonight Dodgers and Astros back here it's really been the talk of the town because if you look back to last year too Robert I thought myself personally, interested in your thoughts, I thought that the playoffs all throughout baseball last year, American League, National League, I thought they were wonderful. I thought it was a wonderful, really, product for Major League Baseball. And then the World Series to go down to Game 7 again. I don't know how you improve upon that as an industry of what we saw in baseball last year. Yeah, now you've been a part of quite a few World Series as a broadcaster and as a player. Last year's World Series, I know it didn't end the way you wanted it to end, but one of the, one of the yeah. more exciting ones you've been a part of? No question. I, I think, I, even for the fans, if you look down and say, hey, uh, your ball club is going to come down to Game 7 of the World Series, are you in? Yeah. Well, I don't know if anyone in the room would, would fail to raise their hand, but the way that the World Series went back and forth and back and forth, they were all good games, yeah. and they were by two good ball clubs that had some good people on their team too, and and that was that was enjoyable. You know, there weren't there weren't booze here on one side and booze there on the other side. Yes, there's home teams and there's there's visiting teams, but I, again, I, I thought that the format of baseball last year presented uh, for those of us who are involved in baseball and have been for a long time. I was very proud of baseball when all the dust settled last year. Made a few trades, particularly with your lineup. Brian Dozier coming over from Minnesota, Manny Machado coming over yeah. from Baltimore. What does this do for this team? Obviously, it makes the Dodgers better, but but what what does it give you that you were lacking before? Absolutely. Well, first of all, it gave us a third baseman, that being Manny Machado. Yes, he made a comment when he was with Baltimore he wanted to play shortstop, and he can. He made some plays the first few days uh, before uh, Justin Turner went back on the disabled list. In fact, last road trip. And he made a couple of plays in the hole. I go, my goodness, how do you make that? How do you make that play to the backhand side of the hole? Then how do you throw and have a tremendous arm? Then Turner went down, so Machado moved over to the third base position, and Chris Taylor went back to shortstop. And now with the addition of Brian Dozier, what he's taken over at second base because second base, quite frankly, 
was kind of an empty empty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Forsythe and everybody wishes him well. He was one of the good guys, one of the great personalities on this ball club. But he had a rugged time. Only two home runs and 14 RBIs during the entirety of the season before he was moved on. And Dozier's come on. He's already equaled those two home runs. And he's knocked in five runs in the two games that he's played. And he plays a very good defense. So all in all, it has been a, a terrific addition and I think at a critical time, because if you look at the Western Division, you had three teams knocking on the door. That being the Dodgers are in first place now. Then you've got Arizona, you've got Colorado. And the Giants, even though they've had some setbacks, I think they're still trying to figure out exactly what type of a team that they, that they really are. You guys will see them for, for two games mm-hmm. after you leave Los Angeles. They had uh, Sandoval just went on the DL. He's going to have surgery on his leg. But you get the feeling the Giants are kind of waiting for the bus to come to the bus stop, and they don't know whether they get a transfer or, play, or pay full fare. They haven't figured out which type of ball club they're going to be yet. Rick Monday, longtime Dodgers broadcaster, longtime big league player as well. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. I, I look forward to this. This is kind of neat. I, I know that a lot of people here in L.A. have been talking about, hey, the Astros are coming to town. The Astros, you know how, we, how you and I measure if it's really going to be a good series? By the, the amount of phone calls that we get, hey, do you have any tickets are available? We'd like to come to the ballgame. The phone has been ringing off the hook, and, and let's go. This is going to be fun. The Houston Astros Radio Network. And Alex Lyons is in the left center field. That's a base hit. Fisher around third and coming home. The throw to the plate. Not in time. Astros win. Astros win. Robert Ford. He's a baseball player. Alex Bregman. Steve Sparks. That's how you play baseball. The Houston Astros Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.